Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills preview podcast here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. We're coming off a win, so we have the full Bills and Beers crew here tonight. Joining me to my immediate right is the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton. Cassie, say hello. Hello, I'm close to the microphone. And sitting next to Cassie is Bill Belcher. Bill, say hi. Dude, I'm going to smack you in the face, man. This is the very last time you call me that. Oh, and because you said that, I'm going to do it every time moving forward. Thanks for joining us, But Bill apparently, Belcher. we all uh, you know, got slapped in the ass by Lars because, not literally, but uh, because we were not um, close enough to the microphone. So if we're awfully loud this time, it's because Lars' skills in editing are horrible, and he gave us horrible directions. I'm going to cut that out, and you still weren't close <laughs> enough to the microphone. <laughs> And finally, here tonight is Sujit, the president of the Chicago Bills backers. Sujit, haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Glad to have you back. I am either a board-certified gastroenterologist or I'm going to get kicked out of my gastroenterology program. Thanks for the update. (laughs) So it was a big win, a 58-yarder, as time was nearly expiring to lift us over the Detroit Lions. The end of the Ralph Wilson era comes with a victory in Detroit. Very poetic. We're going to talk about it today. We're also going to get into the New England Patriots matchup, the midseason battle for AFC East supremacy. (laughs) Billsandbeers.com is the best way to find us. Thank you so much for joining us. You can always subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends, tell your relatives, tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. Folks, let's not waste any more time and talk about this great win over the Detroit Lions. Wow. Oh, wow. Two cans do not clink. <laughs> there we go. I did not have the pleasure of joining the three of you at the Bills Bar here in Chicago Sunday for the thrilling victory over the Detroit Lions. So somebody quick give us an update or at least a recap on what the atmosphere was like when Carpenter put one through the uprights from 58 yards out. Well, there was a lot of screaming. There was a lot of hugging of people that we didn't know. There was a a new Bills fan that just showed up because she found out that there was a Bills backers bar around halftime yeah. and came running in and well, really yeah like yeah. she's a Chicago she came, resident and was oh like yeah. oh my god they have a bar in this town let she, alone two that are right down the she street brought, from each other she brought her entire family nice and said I had no idea I didn't even have time to put on my Bills gear I just came running straight here but anyways everyone was hugging everyone was happy except for me who was too scared to hug anyone because I was convinced that something was going to go wrong. <laughs> In that four Just, seconds. Even yeah. 30 seconds after the game, I was still scared that they were going to somehow take it away from us. That's but in that four seconds, we got to pad our defensive stats a little bit because we got another takeaway after the fumble ruski there. And I, I, I don't think it was Nikel Roby, who we'll get to later in the podcast. Just fall on it. Just just please. Yeah. Just end the game. Okay? But Bills fans have been down, as you said, this road way too many times. Yep. No need to be a hero. Have you adopted an accent of some sort? <laughs> no, I just get a little fired up when it comes to like win-lose scenarios for the Bills that uh, a dumb play can make it go either way. But it was, uh, as we said before, the close of the Ralph Wilson era. No longer is he the owner of the Buffalo Bills. We're recording this on Tuesday. Probably tomorrow they'll vote to make Terry, uh, how do we say it, Pegula? <laughs> Pegula. 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 Terry uh, And Maroney. <laughs> Terry, Terry Pagula will be the owner, but Ralph Wilson gets the uh, victory. Mary Wilson, the game ball in his hometown of Detroit. So we do like to talk about who did well, who did poorly, and we'll save the best for last. And this may, I don't know, um, 
Well, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys had to say. It, there was some shaky performances. The missed Sort of like yours right now. The, the missed field goal from Carpenter, <laughs> thanks largely to the laser pointer that I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. The win made possible by the three misses from the turd who played for Detroit. If you had to name your Jenny Cremail Bummer of the Week, Cass, we're starting with oh, you. Man. Which of these Buffalo Bills sort of let you down on Sunday? It was actually the gentleman in the black and white stripes that were on the field. The freaking refs were awful. Really? That it's just just abysmal. I mean, that pass interference that they called on Stefan Gilmore, who I usually don't like him. I felt bad for him there because I was like, there was nothing there to call. Not to nothing. Men- not to mention the non-call that was on brutal. Sammy Watkins, Walk- where they literally were now, hugging it- him and tugging him across to, the to field. the point where the. The commentators who usually on Fox, you, on Fox, on Fox. were like stymied. They yeah. had they were like uh. Blah, they blah. they missed a call there yeah. for sure. Now I mean. there there definitely were also some bad call. Like we we're like okay, we'll take it, but not as many. Certainly not well, close it, to as it many. It got to the point like the, calls the picking the up the end. flags. Nobody knows. It, it it looked bad for the refereeing crew because they looked like so many times they just didn't know what was going on, and that. I think more than anything else is a sign of poor officiating. Yeah, if there's a flag dropped, there needs to be an explanation of what the purported infraction was and why it's not an infraction. Agreed. So, Suge, we'll come to you next. Who was your Jenny Cream Ale bummer of Sunday's game? Uh, You know, it was a real pain in the butt to... It was a real pain in the butt to run up the middle, so I'm... Going with my standard, uh, I'm going with two people, Cyril Richardson and Eric Pears. Eric? Pears. 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 Doug Maroney. Um, <laughs> Terry Pegula. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's just they're just not getting it done. Now, granted, I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they faced some of the most evil defensive linemen yeah. in the game the past two weeks. But even when they weren't, it, it hasn't been beautiful. Um, I'm hope. I, I Something is making me think that Richardson's getting better. I don't know. I can't like I haven't looked at his pro football focus grade or whatever, but um, I feel like he's getting better. But it's still just not there. And I think it's a positive sign because I feel like it's hard for me to pick a gender cream male player because there's so many good things happening. And I feel like that's one of our only areas where we're really lacking is is in the center of our offensive line. Fair well, enough. I don't think Eric Wood either had a good game. I mean, that awful miss. You know, I feel yeah. like part of his direction and those guys playing well stems from him being the leader on the team and his awful snap and just across the board timing. He, he, my boy. My boy. No, Did I it? know. But when you have two high school JV players playing on either side of you and you somehow feel responsible for the interior of the line, it's going to be it's going to be a long day. It's like, you know, having two idiots that you have to work with at the same time and that's they are responsible that's, that's for you. That's precisely your... what we're dealing with. Yeah. Exactly. That's what he's probably had to deal with his entire career. Also well, true. Yeah. Well, except when Levitre was in town. And yeah. incognito. He's still who's still available by the still way. Still available. He may kill somebody, but Bill coming to you next. Uh do you have a Jenny Creamel bummer of Sunday's game? Yeah, you know, uh, I think uh, bef- before we uh, all, all, all uh, met up here, we were watching uh, some of the All-22, and uh, it sort of reinforced my pick of this week, and that is C.J. Spiller. Yeah. Um, the guy just simply does not get it done, and he'll have that flashy run once every, what, 15 carries, 20 carries maybe? At best. At best. Once every other game. Once every other game. That's the way it's yeah. been this, this season. But... 
you can tell that he's just not running to the. It's it's not that the holes aren't there. Um, it's that he is not running like a like an NFL running back. He's not hitting the holes that are there. And even if they're not like wide open holes, he's not getting those two or three yards that Fred Jackson or any of these backs you've never heard of that are playing on these other teams. They're just getting, you know, they're getting them because they'll run straight forward. He just doesn't. He does not want to take a hit. Just doesn't want to take a hit. He doesn't want to block. He doesn't. He's just a pussy. Yeah. So I think that there's um you know a lot of times these running backs talk about I need to be in a rhythm in order to 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 get to something. And the only time that CJ Spiller has been good is when he has gotten the gross majority of the carries when Fred Jackson went down. That was when he was averaging 6 yards a carry with Chan Gailey, also in a spread offense that allowed him to <laughs> open up uh that allowed him to get bigger holes. But the other thing that I always think about is that when he was a rookie uh, versus his second year, he talked about how he worked with his running backs coach, and as a rookie, he always was trying. He said, "I was always trying to hit the home run, um, hit, hit the home run every time." And I learned after that first year that I need to take what the defense will give me and just get in there and get mix it up and get the two three yards, so that if we get two three yards on first down, two three yards on second down, we may be at third and short. Um, and I think that somehow he's regressed in that in that in that way, in that he doesn't get the the yardage that's there. He's trying to hit the home run every time. I'm going to give my Jenny Cream Ale bummer of the week to Randell Johnson and the other rookie who took Jim Schwartz up on his request to be carried off the field. If for no other reason, because it was like rookies trying to uh, curry favor with the coach by kind of kissing a little ass. And it has resulted in kind of a media shitstorm for a guy who doesn't really have that great of a reputation from not being a colossal asshole. And that it came out that he requested this six months ago kind of makes him look bad. That said, I think Marone said it nicely when he called Jim Schwartz the king of Detroit. But either way, it wasn't like he had Freddie and Eric Wood carrying him off the field. He had two late-round rookie draft picks carrying him off the field thanks to the request he made in OTAs. But you know, in all fairness to Schwartzy, like this guy I, makes I, I, makes I, a comment. Notice, notice I didn't, in, I, I, you know, I did in the OTA saying like, I want to, you know, I'm circling that on my. We all talk about that. If you were ever played a sport, you say, I can't wait to play that team again, and you're never going to say it publicly. But you say, man, if we beat that team, you guys got to take me off the field uh, on your shoulders, you know. And so, you yeah, know, I mean, it could just, be just another motivating tactic as well. Uh, right. On Schwartz's end, you know, I mean, the but pl- Schwartz is—I mean, it's well documented that he's an arrogant sob. I mean, that's right. Everybody kind of knows that about him, and this didn't help. But again, it was—it wasn't exactly the rookies who performed the deed. After some of the coaches Sorry, the that captains. we that we've had, Dick Duran and Chan Gailey, who so show zero emotion. Even Marone's not very emotional. I love seeing it. He was. I know, but he was up Marone? there. Yeah, Marone's definitely. Marone he is gets more. after it. Yeah, he gets. No, I, he definitely does. I'll tell you what. He picks. He picks and chooses his battles, which yeah. I like about he him. Mostly like he mostly just yells at refs. That's that Marone. He'll, no, he'll, he'll give but players he gets an earful too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Let's, Sorry, let's let's use this as an opportunity to <laughs> focus on the present. Glide into and Bill. We'll put it back to you. Who was your Labatt Blue? MVP of Sunday's game. Um, so my Labatt Blue Player of the Week is going to have to be Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, I was going to really? give mine to Stefan Gilmore. I'll tell you what, stick it to you guys. Yeah, because really? I've been calling him out the past couple weeks. Yeah, and he got his pick. He got his pick. Yeah, baby. and he Woo! he shut down uh, Megatron. Megatron. 
the entire game. And I don't well, know if it was him that hit injured. him. Well, he got injured, what? When was that? This, third, this quarter. third quarter. No, he was injured when he came into the game. The <laughs> guy got cares? seven yards Who last cares? game. Yeah, we were definitely clapping when he got injured, and not going to lie. Well, oh, no, yeah. no, I know, but I, I think that so Gilmore he gets a little bit less credit when you're talking about a hobbling Calvin Johnson as uh, opposed to... He got no. his pick. That's he all get, I care about. He got his pick. All right, sure. well... The, I still I, like... I'm still think, with you. Like. I think uh, Bills and Beers credit is probably, you know... <laughs> <laughs> he's at least deserving of that. Yeah, he, needs, he, needs, he needs to work his way back up to zero. The Bat Blue Player right. of the Week on Bills and Beers. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, that's a big hey, deal. <laughs> hey, that's going online on his profile. Hey, you know yeah. who we shouldn't let get away with anything because nobody uh, mentioned him as their bummer is, is Nikel Roby. Who has not had a repeat performance yet of, of 2013. Now, I don't know if that's absent of Mike Pettin's defense. It's got to be. But he got burned a couple times. I think he was the one that got burned on the Golden Tate 55-yarder, which we'll get to in a second. But we shouldn't let this guy skate by. He remains one of my favorite players because of what he does bring. But every once in a while, he's caught way out of position. But is that just because he is he one of your favorite players just because of what he did last year? Like if he, yeah, if he is. if he didn't if it didn't exist last year, I it was hate just, him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, well, but last year's defense was set up for cornerbacks and slot cornerbacks to to take advantage of situations. Agreed. Because there was so much pass rush last year that balls were just getting thrown up willy nilly. And, uh, you know, that's why we came close to leading the league in interceptions. Willy-nilly Belcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Suge, who is your Labatt Blue MVP of the week? Oh, boy. Um, just because we've had so many people that came into that role and failed miserably, I'm taking Kyle Orton. All right. You know, the guy... Take him. He threw a pick six, right? And he didn't fold afterwards. Um, and it wasn't the defense scoring po- points for him. Uh, he was helped out by Detroit's kicker, but but still, he came back. He threw for 308 yards. So the other thing, this is what we were talking about at the end of the game, is the fact that he threw for 40, he threw 42 times. 43 times. For, okay, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if EJ Manuel throws 43 times, it's a sign of something going wrong and that we, oh, and well, that, and that we the, lose. The stats show right? that. I mean, it, there's but, a threshold where he gets over a certain amount of completions in his win percentage takes a dive. Right, I mean, and, I mean, and the thing is, is that when EJ Manuel throws for 42 yards, there's still, it's still, we're talking about 222 42, yards. 42 times. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. with Kyle Orton, he, granted, he made the huge, huge mistakes, but made up for it by 42 pass attempts and 308 yards. I mean, how long has it been since we've okay, had a 300-yard passer? 43 attempts, for, God but he also completed 30 of those. He was damn near 75%. Yeah, I mean, that's... Now, and some of that was due to some amazing acrobatics oh, by our receivers, yeah. but but still, you know what? The one difference is that you didn't... So uh, we were talking about this at the game, too, is that a great receiver, they don't care if they have to extend themselves to catch a ball as long as they can catch it. If it's thrown behind them and they can't catch it or they get lit up trying to catch it, then they're going to be pissed. And then you start seeing the things that like Robert Woods was doing with EJ. But, you know, Sammy Watkins had to do some crazy athletic things to catch some of those balls, and he got up and said, let's go, let's go again. Well, it's worth noting. Because he actually believes in his quarterback for yeah. once. Right, he does. It is, however, worth noting that the most crazy catch that we saw on Sunday also turned out to be the most important catch on yes. Sunday because it set up the game winner. Ludicrous catch. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. 
Sammy did, however, come out after the game and say he missed the blitz pickup, should have been in a hot read, and the pass wasn't off. He was off in his route. He should have stayed up the seam instead of trying to take it back inside, which is why the pass was behind him. Well, and then the other thing that we saw when we were just watching the All-22 on that particular play... Oh, sorry, no, it wasn't that play. That was the play that he threw behind him where... Well, he got creamed. Yeah, he was getting about to get destroyed. Yeah, so. absolutely. Cass, you're Labatt Blue MVP of Sunday's game. So the game was won by the special teams. Um, so yeah. my Labatt Blue is going to go to not who you guys think. It's Colton. going to Colton Schmidt. Oh. Do you know why? Because he kept us in the game in that first and second quarter yep. by winning the field position. And how about this? He has had not a whole lot of punts inside the 10 or 5-yard line, but it seems like every goddamn punt is inside the 15. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, he's – I mean, I guess what it all comes down to is a difference of 7 to 8 yards versus just booting it out of the end zone for a touchback. But I think that there's a psychological element of it, and he's consistently inside the 20. Has he had a touchback yet this season? He did. He had one game where he just was not – playing amazing i think he had one game that wasn't like great maybe in houston <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe in chargers i can't remember but but yeah he definitely but he's, he's, firm, but he's automatic inside 20 he yeah. also was the holder that supposedly had a the laser the beam laser, also shine in his eyes the laser beam but anyways that was a evil plot which that guy's an idiot on twitter like <laughs> admitting to it said hey if you guys see a laser today just laugh because that's me ha 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 my Labatt Blue MVP of the week is Todd Downing. Surely I wasn't the only person that noticed that Nathaniel Hackett was back in the booth on Sunday. Did you guys notice that? Yes. That's because Kyle Orton's like, get your ass off my field, okay? Yeah. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to. It's because our quarterback doesn't need a wet nurse. I love it. It sends a message. We kept during. Is Todd was, Downing the guy with the red beard? Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah, my, and, the, he looks yeah, like he's our age. My cousin's husband kept saying, like, is that Nathaniel Hackett? I'm like, that is not Nathaniel Hackett. He's like, I think that's Nathaniel Hackett. I'm like, they, no. They I actually, was like, dude, I can assure you that's not Nathaniel Hackett. He's like, well, who is it? The like, announcer said a couple times, like, Nathaniel they said, Nat, that's Nate Hackett. But and it, they said well, Nate. It, and then, by the way, I think they got like a phone call or yeah. something like that, and they're like, oh, I guess we're actually supposed to call him Nathaniel. Nathaniel. We definitely had the D crew. The, I said so many times the production in last week's game was awful. It was from I mean, the what announcers. Do you, what do you to, expect? Do, do, do you see the uh, NFL 506 map? It was literally just like a sliver of, or oh, it was Michigan, right. right? And then it was Western New York. That's it. Based on that, you're absolutely right. Based on the fact that these were two teams leading their divisions, it might not have, or probably should not have been that way. But anyways. I actually like those guys because they called out the refs. They were like legitimate. I don't know. Wait, did you guys actually hear them at the bar? Usually we can't. We we heard them say that. So one of one of the guys was like, "Well, what do you think? Did 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 Watkins also have his hands on him?" And the other guy's like, "No, that was blatant passing." Yeah. <laughs> and it was Rondé Barber, a defensive back, who was right. like, "He's like, yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah." He's yeah, like, "I'm right. biased yeah. here, and I can tell you." That There's a lot of Bills Nation though that seem to like the Fox broadcasts better than, than CBS. CBS, which I. But here's oh. one thing: I hope and pray to God that we never have a Monday Night Football game. Yes, I'm going on record saying that because I cannot stand Gruden. I don't like Gruden. Thank either. you. That's it. Let me. Just just say this one last thing about this Detroit game before we move on to talk about the Patriots. Fuck the, the Patriots. The most important takeaway from Sunday's game, Golden Tate's 55-yard slant catch. 
How many times as Bills fans have we seen the ensuing play be a run up the gut for 15 yards and what was a long field goal is suddenly a chip shot and the game is pretty much over? Pretty much every every time we've been in that situation for the last decade, have we not? Instead, it was an incomplete pass followed by a one-yard pass to Golden Tate who got lit up. Who got lit up. Yeah. So instead of giving up what would have been not the 55-yarder but the ensuing play that won the game, we held, we held Pat, and we stopped them, and we forced that we need to come back in and try a 50-yarder. There was no way. When they got to the 33-yard line and they had to attempt a field goal, I, I was saying to everybody in the room, there's no way this guy is making it. His second attempt looked like you or me trying a 45-yard field goal. That was so bad. There was no chance he was going to make a 50-yarder. If Nigel Bradham was in the game, he would have found a way to rip Golden Tate's head off because Golden Tate's just such a little bitch. But the way that he criticized Schwartz was bushly, considering how he conducted himself with the Chichi Rodriguez and the stopping and turning around and walking out of bounds and doing the shimmy after picking up a first oh, down. Oh, yeah. yeah, walking Every out time. of bounds, way to not take a hit there. I mean, well, that's one thing. The, the, the stop, turn around, and like literally give up a yard and a half so, yeah. you, can, so you can taunt the defense. I mean, that was a pretty Bush League move. I mean, to me, it wasn't a, the 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 after the play he taunted the defense, but before it was just him being a complete pussy and not wanting to take a hit. He literally turned his back and ran out of bounds. It's all behind us now. We got the win, ugly though it may have been, dependent on three missed field goals though it may have been. Bill, you want to talk about the Patriots? Now is the time. Let's get right into it. <laughs> every year two of our 16 games are by far way more stressful than the other 14 that of course is the matchup against the new england patriots and for once we're not playing them for the first week of the year or the second week of the year it's week six and this matchup is for temporary mid-season afc east supremacy i don't know what the dolphins are going to do i don't even know who the dolphins are playing the Jets are certainly out of contention right now, but whoever wins our game at the Ralph on Sunday will be the temporary champs of the AFC East. Yeah, I said champs. That's right. Let's get, let's get some t-shirts made. Yeah, we should. Start printing them. Start printing them up, baby. Oh, wait. We're not in prediction time yet. <laughs> I will stab Tom Brady. Is there anybody who feels really confident about this game if so, tell us why. Help Bill's Nation feel optimistic about this matchup. Bill, I'm looking at you. He's like, I'm not confident. <laughs> no, the, the, the only sense of optimism that I have oh, shit. is that we're... The only sense of optimism that I have is that we're going to be able to put enough pressure on Brady for him to be his little whiny self and to not be able to play his game. Buffalo Bills right now tied for first in the NFL for sacks. But I feel like I'm I'm always saying this whenever we play the Patriots. Oh, you know we're gonna get some pressure on them, and we end up not. Yeah, but they don't have Logan Mankins anymore. But they did. Are you being sarcastic? They, I don't like, know. Whatever hell that means. Yeah, like they made such a big deal of that the Sunday night game. Oh, Logan Mankins no longer with the team. Oh, Logan Mankins no no, no longer with the team. 
Okay, I would thanks. like if Logan Mankins was on our team right now. Yeah, I would take him in a heartbeat, actually. <laughs> yeah, I understand. But what but... what did they... Okay, so you you mentioned Logan Mankins. They traded him for Tim Wright. Tim Wright has allowed them now to go back to those double tight end sets. Oh, yeah, they He's mentioned Tim that. wrong. They mentioned that 15 times. Brady has now gone back to Gronkowski, so he has once again rediscovered where his bread is buttered. Gronkowski is returning to his uh, you know hometown of Buffalo. For the game, he's from Amherst. He's gonna have he's gonna have a, shit. at least fifty. You're 50 from Rochester. There. It's at least a city, okay? <laughs> <laughs> not like the town. Dude, Amherst is, and the, it is not to Amherst offend is the any listener town. from Amherst. It's the number one town to live in in the entire United States. Stop lying. It's true, Amherst. So I'm what? not I'm not I'm not detecting a whole lot of confidence. Hey, in listen, this Patriots I'm matchup. I'm feeling a little confident, but it, because I'm a Bills fan, I'm not going to be confident. But um, but here's the thing. I think about the ways that we lost last year. I can't remember the second loss. We got run I, all over. Yeah. Week 17. You mean, yeah, last right? game of the Le-Garrett season. But the first, had like 300 but the first all-purpose loss yards. we had, Tom Brady literally willed that win into place. Because we were getting pressure on him, and he needed to make short throws, and he was yelling at these receivers that were nobodies, and they couldn't run very well. And all they did was throw underneath passes to Amendola and some of their other little bitch-ass receivers. And the, the difference is, is that this year, you come running across the middle of the field, Nigel Bradham... Or Brandon Spikes is going to fucking kill you. Well, yeah. okay. that's the difference. We and did not second, have any linebackers. Name, certainly not any linebackers that roved over the middle. Let's talk about that second name. I'm there. with you, Bill. Brand, Brand, Brandon Spikes, and Brandon Spikes yeah. has been looking forward to this game ever since yeah. he was. He knew he was not going to play for the Patriots. We have at the been, end of last year. We have been impressed with his play, yeah. and he has not been nearly as motivated <laughs> for any matchup like he will be going into this week. Right. Now. There is no better team <laughs> to have your best game against to counter a guy who's playing too hard, too fast, too emotional. The the Patriots are great at countering that kind of play. It's the only thing I'm concerned about. It's Otherwise, fair, it's that's that's a fair comment, except for the fact that they are now they're a little bit crippled, so they don't have a run game, right? And and when they do have a run game, Brent Spikes will shut that down. Between our, our, our lines. So our, our, we're averaging, what are we, fifth in the league in yards per carry or third in the league, something like that. They also have running backs who have been characteristically bad at holding on to the football until this year. And mark my words, I think their running backs are due for some fumbles. That's going to be one of my big predictions. Yeah. But when we're talking about Brandon Spikes, what are we really talking about? Because I do not put it past that animal to take a 15-yard penalty in the first quarter by launching his the crown of his helmet right into Tom Brady's face mask. I'm so okay with that. I'll take 15-yard penalty. I'll take. But we we're all penalties. seeing this in our mind's eye, right? Hey, we've injured yeah. a major player on every team. Uh, every game. <laughs> that is that is every game true. so far. And we've well, talked about that on our and podcast. When, and when you were talking about you know Tom Brady willing his way to a win. Uh, you know, during that first game, I mean, uh, that's the way I said. I mean, those passes that he had underneath so, these little receivers were what I was, just unbelievable. When, like, what, and what I what I was thinking when you were saying that was, was yeah, because that's because we didn't have a backbone, right? Yeah, like, but well, we had no way to do. Is Brad playing though? Backbone. We don't know yet. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, no, but, but I think I think Brandon Spikes is that backbone though. Yeah, all those passes were over the middle. If we have a presence over the middle of the field, 
those players will get fucking destroyed. Edelman against Spikes. Once, Spikes will Bradham against Edelman or Amendola. Yeah. That's not a that's not a good we combination. Really, for really, those two really guys. would no, no, like not, Bradham to be playing. No, no, I'm saying it's not good for them. Let me add one more element of potential optimism. Now, whenever we talk about the Patriots, we talk about how we match up against Tom Brady. That's that's first and foremost. We haven't talked yet about how our offense matches up against their defense. Through five games now, the Bills have faced three to four, depending on what metric you're looking at, of the best defenses in the NFL, including last week against Detroit, against the number one defense in the NFL. The Patriots on D are way softer than anything we've seen so far. This could be he's taken his shots in this episode particularly, this could be a coming out party for C.J. Spiller because they are particularly weak against the run. Are you saying he's gay? <laughs> so here's the thing. There's no mystery to beating the Patriots. The Giants fucking showed us from the beginning. Baltimore showed us from the beginning. Just fucking beat up Tom Brady. As long as the refs don't call a goddamn roughing the passer call for every little time we breathe on Tom Brady, I think that we can disrupt his offense. You know, so he's going to go to these short passes if if we start doing that, which is what he did last year when we had a ridiculous pass rush going. He went to those short passes. If our middle linebackers can cover and our over, if we like at least game plan for that and expect the fact that look, our pass rush will get to him before he can go long, so we need to cover the middle of the field. If we can do that, we're going to be in good shape. How key is the return of Kyle Williams and and Nigel Bradham? To this defense against Tom Brady. Yeah, so is Bradham scheduled to return? I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow, Wednesday. Okay. So I would have said huge, except for the fact that they pray, played pretty goddamn well against Detroit, who was a very high-powered offense. Granted, they were hobbled because they didn't have Calvin Johnson. And, and still well, not. It's no, still we, not we, Tom Brady. Though. We talked about... We no, talked but about, it's better than Tom Brady. I mean, look, up until this point, even counting the best game that Tom Brady has had, their offense has destroyed the Patriots Offense. I, I think the De- Detroit offense has been way better. Than we are all missing offense. a key point to the Bills' defense this year, and yeah, it's quarterbacks. But we have every single game stopped the run, and yeah. that was what always killed us with Brady. Because Brady would come out and he'd be like, "Oh, we'd stop him," and then all of a sudden he'd hand off the ball and some no name would run for like thirty-five yards. Yeah, which hasn't happened this year. No, knock on wood. And knock and that's the one thing it, that when you it'll happen this Sunday once maybe though. once maybe. But when you get them to stop them and the defense has them, and then all of a sudden a big you give up a big running play, that tears down on the defense. And we have not done that this year. No, so. that's that's one of the the Patriots' go-to moves, which is they run the hurry up. They do a quick snap, and then they run it up the middle for 10 to 12 yards. They do that all the time. I, yeah. I, I don't think that our defense is immune from that, but I agree with you, Cass, that we definitely have shown this year that we have the ability to shut it down. And like I said, their running backs are prone to fumbles. You heard it well, here if first. You, if you recall the first game of last year, you know they had a bunch of fumbles, and then Belichick benched their, one of their I runners. I think it was Ridley. And, and, you know, they had this no-name guy, and I don't think he got that much yardage until he started really opening us up. And that's why I, mean, I felt like we were ready to win that game until the fourth quarter when all, all we, we needed all was, was like two or three first downs and we would have won that game. Right. I mean, we had no offense. But here's the thing is I, I genuinely believe that our offense can at least sustain drives and score some points. And up to this point, we've averaged, I think, 17.1 points a game. Not good. No, 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 no. No, no. Our defense 
Yeah, but our offense is about the same. Yeah, so, so that's why it's been very close games. But our defense has been pretty lights out um, in terms of points allowed. So well, as long as our offense does something. But it's worth noting, you know, so the offense does something. We need the running game to get going. And I know we said it last week. It, it really wasn't a reality against Detroit. But fucking Patriots have Darrell Rivas now, who's looking like he's getting back to Jets form. But he got knocked. He's got he hobbled got, up. He was yeah, hobbled up hobbled. at the game. He left on uh, Sunday. They Monday. also have, coming mm-hmm. off of the suspension, the guy from Seattle, Bauer or Browner or whatever his name is, who's also really good on the outside. I mean... This is going to be a tough game, and this is why I started the conversation by saying it's always a stressful matchup. There's no guarantees in this game. We have to play well. I'm not saying we can't, but Kyle Orton better be ready to roll. Do we we have to play our best game of the season? No. No. Absolutely not. I I couldn't agree with you more, Lars. So this is not the best team in the NFL. They may be at the end of the year. They may get their shit together and start playing like a very, very well-coached team, which is... You know, the Patriots have never been the most talented team. They've just always been incredibly coached, and well, they don't make any mistakes. And also, they don't, they're you know. incredibly talented against the Bills. Well, yeah, but shit. I mean, the Ralph is going to be rocking on Sunday. That, that's another big thing, is that, I mean, I call you out to the rest of the Bills nation here. If you were screaming at the Miami game, scream twice as loud now, because I'll tell you one thing, it's nice that... We were able to get a new owner, but to welcome a new owner is a is an even bigger. bigger and that's where I want to end this segment. We ended the Ralph Wilson era with a win in Detroit. Let's begin the Terry Pegula era with a win in Buffalo. We'll get in now to wild card and predictions. Go Bills! How about you say his name correctly? Fuck you, Pegula. That's part of the game. <laughs> Well, all good episodes must come to an end. This episode is no different, which means it's time now for the wild card portion of this week's episode. It's the wild Wild card! And as we've said before, Sunday marks the beginning of the Terry Pagula era in Buffalo. Terry Pagula is the multi-billionaire who sold off several billion dollars of land to buy the Buffalo Bills. And as a lot of people know, he made most of that money from natural gas extraction, which is done primarily here in the 21st century through a process called fracking, in which high-powered machinery blasts a lot of sand and water down into the cracks of shale. It causes the natural gas to release and uh, allows us to capture. They're also capable of doing the same thing with oil. The environmental effects are debatable. Some people think it's really bad. Some people think that that uh, the detriment to the environment is negligible. Same thing with Skittles. Some people think it's bad. Some people think it's good. Hey, uh... I don't know how you could possibly argue that Skittles are bad. <laughs> Skittles are delicious. So the question on this week's wild card, now that we've sort of laid out the basic basics on fracking, Suge, I'm going to turn it over to you. My big question to everybody is, what would you frack for? If you would could get something from underneath the earth, be it money, gold, riches, bitches, whatever. <laughs> so you just said all. And of them. you were willing, you were willing to potentially destroy the environment for it, debatably, allegedly, whatever. But you're willing to take that risk if you could get that from underneath the earth. 
What would you frack for? And it can be anything. I'll go first. Free cable. Because it's really expensive. I don't have it. And as of right now, I'm committing theft by having Netflix, HBO Go, DirecTV logins coming out the wazoo. I thought we had to make this Buffalo Bills. Focus. Dude, you're destroying the entire environment. Pick something better. We're going to have to get <laughs> yeah, free cable. You can, you you can, can ask for money. Money, money will get you more than free cable. Says, hey. Left. Free, free cable is like printing money. That's like uh, Cassie. When you said it before we went live, you 170 bucks a month. That's 170 bucks in my pocket. Do you free think cable. you would get tired of breasts? I if mean, they were he could have picked. Time? He could have picked straight up diamonds and rubies that, like, you know, each one is worth ten. million. But instead, I went with something it's far more cable. valuable: free cable. You know, rubies rhymes with boobies. <laughs> Cassie. What you gonna frack for, baby? So I'm taking this back into the Buffalo Bills Avenue, and if I could frack for anything, it would be for a machine that we reverse aging on Fred Jackson. Wow. Oh shit. Wow. You like straight up Jules Verne this one. Would it only apply to Fred Jackson? Or could it reverse aging on anyone? I mean, I would say. You to make some money on this shit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I I, I was thinking too specifically. Yeah, I I would want to reverse age myself, you know, my family. Not sure about you guys. But... I didn't realize we were going like fantastical. Like, well, yeah, Lars. I I said you could literally frack out bitches from the (laughs) ground, okay? Okay, well that's okay. And when I say bitches, uh, I mean lovely ladies. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna rude. say that in perpetuity, the Bills win no less than ten games a year. How about that? Well, I uh, mean, like you picked, no, games. you pick free cable, just like you're gonna fuck <laughs> me for my drum corps response. You gotta stick with free cable now. She's turning people young again, and you get free cable. <laughs> Taking free cable. I, and just so we're clear, I'm taking the, all the premium channels. <laughs> all the you can channels. even get the Playboy I'm channel. Okay? Getting it, yeah. I'm getting it. Yeah, that'll be my bitches from the earth. It'll be the Playboy channel. I'm getting the DVR. I'm getting the HD. I'm getting the whole Megillah. Yeah. <laughs> whole room DVR. Wireless receiver. Yeah, I need at least two HDR receivers. <laughs> the, te- the tennis channel. Uh, that'll be three ninety nine more. Buffalo uh, Bill Nichols. What in God's name would you frack for? <laughs> oh, where my mind is traveling. <laughs> Dignity. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Employment. Z. Oh. 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 <laughs> Eek. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. It was a. It was a uh, steady job. No, do you know it's what I was not gonna, right, what I was say? It's... but it's okay. Billy gonna make it anyway, huh? Yep. I would frack for Tom Brady's leg to get broken this Sunday. <laughs> Tom Brady. However that happens. I mean, Tom Brady to have a broken leg in perpetuity? So again, we're fracking for anything here. Chronically broken leg? <laughs> yeah. Amputated leg. Yeah. Amputated maybe, leg. Maybe goes off on a stretcher. And can never also, comes back into the NFL. Can we also get some kind of non-lethal f- flesh-eating bacteria so that okay. maybe he loses half his face in the process? And then passes it over to Giselle and she loses it too. Okay, never and mind. Then, I'm with and guys. Then, and then all of their money but gets, gets somehow magically donated to like a children's charity and so they fall off the face of the earth but we all benefit from it. That sounds oh, yeah. wonderful. I would frack for that. Bill would frack for that and a job. (laughs) I I want to frack for world peace. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just lay on your frack. Meta world peace. I'm going to frack for meta world peace. The Tom Brady 
goes into world peace. I mean, that's that's one in the same. I'll certainly be a lot more peaceful as Tom Brady doesn't have a leg. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All right. Uh, we alluded to this earlier. Um, Can you imagine him coming back? It's our, like, first Sunday night game in years. And he fucks us and up he's got with one leg. leg. With one leg. <laughs> he's got, and he's going to come to and Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago and get the new leg that's like some sort of super bionic fucking leg, and he's gonna hop over fucking Nigel Bradham seven feet in the air. While Nigel Bradham breaks both of his legs right, in the process. Right, trying to catch him. Yeah. And then, you know, because the Bills can't fucking afford the good shit, so we can't go to Reveal Destination to get the goddamn prosthetic legs. And we're just walking around with, Wait, like, okay, peg so leg. What, what, are you, what are you fragging for? I don't fucking know anymore. I wanted world peace. Now, I want to be able to fucking fly. Okay? That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> no, At the fly. end of the day, fuck the bills, fuck all of you. I just want to be able to fly. So, predictions going into Sunday's game. We've switched it up a little <laughs> bit this year. Instead of doing a straight prediction, we do best case, worst case scenario. And these are feasible scenarios. So otherwise, we'd say best case scenario we win thirty-five to three. Worst case scenario thirty-five to eight. Can't do that this year. So, uh, Bill, we'll start back with you again here. Give us your best case and worst case scenario for Sunday's game. All right. Worst case scenario, we lose the game twenty-eight to seventeen. Just constantly out of our reach. Yeah, you know, just that they're just. They're the Patriots, and they Just do better than us. They do their thing. They make more plays than us. Mm. I don't say they're better than us because I don't think they are this year. Um, best case scenario, we win this game, twenty-eight to seventeen. Wow! So flipping the script. Yep. Okay, Cass, we'll come to you next. So I've been doing different takes. Hasn't been a straight up like score. Worst case scenario, similar to last week, Orton throws like three picks and we're back to this whole quarterback controversy. I mean, how many times do they show EJ Manuel on the sideline on Sunday? Learning. Yes. By the way, I think that's the first iteration of EJ Manuel on this extensively long podcast so True. far this week. True. Yeah. Uh, so my worst case, obviously we lose, but, but Orton just shits the bed. Best case scenario... Uh. Tom Brady loses his leg. Is that yeah, allowed? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we just we we put Tom Brady out of the a game. limb of some sort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't need to lose it. it just Am I needs the only him. one who's afraid of Jimmy Garoppolo? Who? True. I feel like no. It would be so Bills. Yeah. To knock oh, the yeah. fucking Tom Brady out and then have yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo come back as like the fucking. True. That might be worse. Worst case. Yeah. There's no no. There's no chance. Yeah. So okay. All right. But, but worst case scenario, you know, we lose and it's a heartbreaker and we all just. Sit there and cry in our beers. Best case scenario? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, best case scenario. No, you already said best case scenario, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. But no, no, no. Best case scenario, 21-20. We win again on a Carpenter. 21-20? Carpenter. Wow. Field goal. Best case. No. Best case scenario is You know why? Because how freaking good will that feel? No, because uh, I want to embarrass I mean, I will die. I will yeah. die probably. No, on on a tantric level, yes, that'll be nice. <laughs> you know what? I want us to be sitting at Lincoln Station, those of us who are actually coming, you bitches. Um, I I'll want to be Phoenix, at Lincoln y'all. Station in the third, halfway through the third quarter being like, they got nothing. We got this game in hand. That's my best case scenario. I want this to be like the Miami game and then some, where we are just laying it on them. They can't get anything going. 
and we can move down the field. Maybe not score every drive. I don't need this to be like no punt game because I want to see fucking Colt Schmidt pimp their uh, uh, pin their asses. Pimp, pimp their. He was. Oh, by the way, I gave Suge the green light on the f bombs, and it's just been like a hemorrhaging yeah. of, of, yeah. of explicit lot, language. There's a lot of there's a lot of repression. Um, so <laughs> we are going to beat them, ideally. No, no, not ideally. No, I mean... Best case Best scenario. case scenario. Yeah, 28 yeah. to 10. Okay. Okay. All right. They're not going to get anything going. They're going to get a field goal. They're going to sneak one long pass that gets them a touchdown. But that's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario for us... You know what? I actually... I'm, I'm going to go with Cassie here. I think losing this close one is going to suck more than just... Us being completely out of sorts, and but they just had th- our you, number. Uh, okay, but do you think that it, it's possible that we get obliterated? I think it's a. I think it's possible we get obliterated. Okay. But I'm saying worst case scenario for me is that we lose a close one and don't play well. Like the, okay, so the worst case scenario for me will be seventeen thirteen, meaning that we, it was there for us to win. Our defense held them to ten points, and we had one pick six. And so our game, the game was there for us to win, and. We just couldn't do anything on offense. They had Orton's number, blah, blah, blah. You mean very easily how the Lions game could have gone? Yeah. Yeah. My worst case scenario is I don't think we'll get obliterated. I think worst case scenario, we lose either Bill, as you said, one that's just out of our reach. But I think if we're talking worst case scenario in terms of how it damages our psychology, a one-score game... A last-second field goal in a game that there was a seriously questionable call down oh, the stretch no. that set them up to win. That I think is worst-case scenario, like That's a horrible, like a pass interference on Stephon Gilmore or, or Chandler, like, 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 a, like a defensive hold on Stephon yeah. Gilmore when we sacked the shit out of Tom Brady on third and twelve, and instead now they get first and ten. The next play is bang to. Julian Edelman, who scampers down the field, sets him in field goal range, and they boot a 52 year. That's worst case scenario. And I can tell that oh. I've just sucked the life out of yeah, them. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> fucking <laughs> I'm seeing it too many times. It was just so I poetic. I saw the, the images. Way... Like, I, th- yeah, I yeah. literally saw them out. Yeah, so it was poetic the way you described it. That's wow. worst case scenario. Best case scenario is we just do what the Chiefs did. The crowd's behind it. We get to Tom Brady, we rattle him. Gronkowski stubs his toe coming out of the locker room. He can't play. And by the way, we've said it now for the last couple of weeks. We've managed to injure a player in almost every game. If, if that player is, I, we've talked about Tom Brady. We haven't Brady. gotten a quarterback yet. We haven't gotten a quarterback, but I would rather be Gron- running I would back? rather be Gronkowski, to be totally honest. Um, the Marshall? Yeah, it, because if you take him out of the equation, then Brady's going to struggle. Significantly, with with him in there, if you he's take just Brady gonna... out of the equation. Brady's going to struggle too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I again, I, I fear John Garoppolo is going to get injured on his own. Okay, but best case scenario, we win like thirty to twelve or thirty right. to thirteen. And I'm serious. I'm talking three field goals, three touchdowns. I don't know if those are all by our offense, or we get a defensive one. But thirty to thirteen is the best it case has scenario. It's been a while since we got a nice defensive score, huh? Or at all this season? Well, yeah, Leotis, the crowd uh, is going to be nuts. Does anybody know what the weather forecast is yeah. for Sunday? Uh, yeah. Hey, Bills Nation, call your mama, 50, 55 call degrees, your friends, sunny. call your daddies, call your everybody. <laughs> Y'all at the Ralph need to lose your goddamn mind. And everyone that's watching from around the country, you need to channel that anger 
through the goddamn screen. I want to hear everybody yeah, screaming well, from like, all a, over the country. A sunny, crisp fall day. That place should be on fire. If it is, and if we can get to Tom Brady, I think it's going to be a good game. Just, Thir- just don't drink too much. Oh, speaking of which, this is Bills and Beers. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Bills today. We have not touched <laughs> on the beers portion, but we've had a nice little sampler. That was a very sampler. responsible comment. Very eclectic. We've, uh, in addition to the Bat Blues, we've uh, Bills sipping on a 312 uh, Urban Pale Ale. Cassie brought over some Konas again. She also brought over a Revolution IPA. A lot of Chicago beers tonight to mix in with the uh, perennial bill sponsor, Labatt Blue. So very apropos of our podcast, if you're over 21, please feel free to enjoy all the labels we've mentioned. If you're under 21, ask your parents first. Uh-huh. Folks, get ready for a wild ride on Sunday, the beginning of the Terry Pegula era. It's going to be a fun time at Ralph. If you're listening to this and you're going to be there, go crazy. Bump the guy next to you, tell him to go crazy, tell the people in front of you and behind them to go crazy too. We need all the help we can get to squash this Patriots team and be standing alone atop the AFC East come Sunday evening. For Sujit, Bill, Cassie, and the long-forgotten Jeff Day, I'm Lars. Go Bills. Let's go Buffalo. Let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Test, 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 syphilis, syphilis, test, test, test. Why, why syphilis? Wait, I just want to, I just want to discuss something because you know, with the with the thousands of people that are listening to this podcast, yeah, I want to clarify one thing. It's approximately so three hundred. This guy's name is Marco Beslach, right? B e s l a c h. There is a high school football player in Michigan, uh, or I think he was he class of two thousand fourteen, so he's graduated. That is named Marco Belsach. And a lot of people online are equating the two. But the L and the S in the name are switched. Now, the, the football player is from somewhere in Michigan. So I'm trying to figure out... <laughs> Conspiracy. We, well, no, so here's the thing. Is that All right, take the easy, reason, Chris Hansen. The reason I know about this is because he has a <laughs> website... A predator over here. He has a, he has a website with his, with his highlights, and he's trying to get recruited to play college ball. <laughs> Because so, you're Googling these names and looking them well, up I was and like, finding his yeah, address. Is, I typed in who is Mark, Marco Belsach <laughs> to find out who this motherfucker that was shining light in uh, Colton Schmidt's eyes. Hold on. Because you, you know that the punter is my favorite position, right? We know ask, I have a Mormon jersey. We know I'm getting a Schmidt jersey. We, talk we know about, I'm going to get made fun of. Time but, out. Time out. Can we uh, dig in? You're only going to make fun of it when you tuck in the jersey. Like your actual, tuck it in. Was your actual, actual search query... Who is? Yeah. Did you type in who yeah, is? I did. You don't need the who is. Part. I know, I know, but I was like, you're like asking Jeeves, like who is? <laughs> you know, my Labatt Blue MVP of Sunday's game was Todd Downing. Uh, who are the two people? Are they the same kid? This kid is gonna get destroyed. He's never gonna get come into a college because everyone gonna think he's the douchebag that blinded people. Because Meanwhile, certainly I tried to save his career. But when I look at the pictures of Marco Baslatch, the bad guy, he looks like a college kid too that maybe plays football. I don't know what to do. Incriminate both of them. They're from Michigan.